0: In Romans chapter 3, Paul was dealing with those who had a mistake about what it meant to be justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And what I want to do in this episode is try my best to flesh out what Paul was saying. This is Gospel of Repentance Ministry. This is Brother Dell, And remember the theme, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 is Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, praise God. So let's get right into it. I want to start by giving you a backdrop of what Paul was arguing about in Romans chapter 3. And I'm only going to read a part of the chapter, not the entire chapter, but there's a part that I want to focus and concentrate on. And there were those that believed that Paul was teaching a doctrine that scholars call anti-nomianism. Now, a lot of you listening right now may not have ever heard that word and wondering what in the world does that mean? You know, well, anti means against. And then nomianism comes from the root word, the Greek root word nomos, which means law. So the word, when you combine the two words, it means against the law. And what Paul's opponents were slanderously saying regarding him is that if a person can be justified apart from the works of the law, then that means that they can do anything they want to do and it'll be okay. In other words... They can sin their fill, they can sin on a wholesale basis, and it's all good because, hey, I'm justified by faith apart from the works of the law. I didn't have to do anything to get saved so I can do whatever I want and I can still remain secure in my salvation. So they were saying that it was okay to do wrong so that God could display his power over that wrong by justifying those who do wrong. And they had it all twisted around and all messed up. So what I want to do is read what the Word of God says here in Romans chapter 3 in Paul's argument regarding the whole deal of, of justification by faith. What it means and what it does not mean. So in uh, I'll just read in the first verse of chapter 3. And the... First verse of chapter 3 is a continuation of the thought that is going on in the previous chapter, Romans chapter 2. And to get a flow, once again, you'll want to read from the beginning of the book up until this point. Then what advantage has the Jew, or what is the benefit of circumcision? Great in every respect. First of all, that they were entrusted with the oracles of God, talking about the Jews. What then, if some did not believe their unbelief will not nullify the faithfulness of God, will it? Verse 4, may it never be. Rather, let God be found true, and though every man be found a liar. As it is written, that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged. Now, when Paul is, when he uses that you may be justified in your words and prevail when you are judged, he's quoting from the Old Testament. He's quoting from Psalm 51 which was a psalm that David wrote when he was confessing his sin of adultery with Uriah's wife Bathsheba. And so he borrowed from that psalm to incorporate that into his um, into his writing here and into his argument here. And so now I'm going to continue on to verse 5. It says, but if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? The God who inflicts wrath is not unrighteous, is he? I'm speaking in human terms. May it never be. For otherwise, how will God judge the world? But if through my lie the truth of God abounded to his glory, why am I also still being judged as a sinner? And why not say, as we are slanderously reported, as some claim that we say, let us do evil that good may come? Their condemnation is just. Okay, so I'm going to stop right there. So I read from the first verse of Romans chapter 3 all the way unto the 8th verse and so what Paul is expressing here is that there were those who were slandering his um, his doctrine his teaching and saying that hey since we're I mean since Paul is saying that we are justified apart from the works of the law then it doesn't matter what we do because God is going to get the glory out of it so you see the 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 illogical mindset of Paul's opponents in these verses and what also another way that we can look at that is that there are people that are abusing their liberty to say that they have the license to do anything that they want and and a lot of people think that today they think that okay I'm saved and I'm secure in my salvation so no matter what I do I'm not going to lose my salvation because I've been justified because I believed in Jesus Christ so therefore it doesn't matter how I live, how I act I can do whatever I want, I can live any kind of way I want and I have nothing to worry about because I'm saved now what I want to argue is that a person who has that type of mindset who would abuse the grace of God who would spurn God's love and and make cheap the uh, the atonement of Jesus Christ I would submit to you that that person is not saved because see liberty does not mean a license to sin ladies and gentlemen let me repeat that liberty in Christ all right, is not a license to sin when we come to Christ we now have liberty to serve God we don't have a liberty to do whatever we want to do that was our old life that was the old man that was the man the dead man with his with his evil deeds now that we're in Christ we've been resurrected to a new life where we now have the right and the capacity and the joy of serving God you follow what I'm saying so that with, that is what justified by faith apart from the works of the law is all about and that was the point that Paul was trying to make you have to understand see Paul is a Jew and he's writing primarily to Jews and so the idea of a person being saved apart from the works of the law was was radical to them because of their Jewishness because of their mindset they figured that if I kept the law of Moses then that would justify me but that was never the design of the Mosaic Law. The design of the Mosaic Law ultimately was for the purpose of magnifying and amplifying a person's sinfulness so that they could realize that their sin was really, really sinful. I mean, see, what we do in today's society is that we look at sin as maybe just a, like a minor bump in the road. And, and I and i and like I've said in the past I've written and also spoken in the past is that we all know that we're not perfect we all know that we do wrong but the problem is the deception is is that even though we know we're not perfect a lot of people think that they're still good and the bible says there is none good no not one as a matter of fact if you if i, I read further in this chapter it will say that matter of fact I'll read it In verse 10 of Romans chapter 3, it says, As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. That is a universal negative. That's what the scholars call it, a universal negative. That means no one does this. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. And Paul here is quoting from Psalm 14 and Psalm 53. Their throat is an open grave. I'm in verse 13. With their tongues, they keep deceiving. The poison of asps is under their lips. That's a snake whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their paths and the path of peace they have not known. And then verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. That is the universal diagnosis of all men. That is how God describes all of us and then in verse 19 it says now we know that whatever the law says it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be closed and that every mouth may be closed Excuse me, and all the world may become accountable to God because by the works of the law listen, I just said this earlier by the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, meaning God's sight For through the law, and I said this just a moment ago, comes the knowledge of sin. Now, verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all those who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Verse 24. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God he passed over the sins previously committed. For the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of Gentiles also? Yes, of Gentiles also, since God, since indeed God, who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith, is one. Do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. And I stand corrected. I said I wasn't going to read the rest of the um the verses in this chapter, but apparently that was the way that the Spirit of God has led me to to go. So I actually read the entire chapter of Romans chapter three. So uh so Paul, like I said, is arguing once again that a man is not justified by what he does, because see the law had a bunch of commands that none of the Jewish people or neither could we Keep So in order to be able to leapfrog the law, so to speak, and to fulfill the law, we had to go through Jesus Christ. And by him dying on Calvary's cross some 20 centuries ago and shedding his blood for the sins of the world, once a person repents and believes in that completed work, that's the work that we have to believe in. That's the work that we have to trust in. Then we are justified. And what and justification simply means is that God exchanges something. He gives us something and He takes away something else. In other words, He takes our sin, He placed it upon Himself, and in exchange, He gives us His righteousness. So, righteousness is credited to our account, you know, by faith, and He takes away our sin. So, there is a divine exchange that takes place. And, like I said, the whole point that Paul was arguing was that. We're justified by faith, but because we're justified by faith does not mean that we can now have the license to do whatever we want to do. I mean, liberty does not mean license, like I said, to just to to act wild and to do those things which are contrary to the word of God. Okay, so when you're looking at liberty, liberty does liberty in Christ does have a limitation it it doesn't mean a license to sin, it means a license to do what is right, now we have the capacity we have the ability, we have the power because we're connected to God through the spirit to be able to do the things that please God, we now can bear good fruit, matter of fact we have been chosen and we have been adopted into the kingdom to produce good works, that's what Ephesians chapter 2 verses 10 says it says we've been chosen beforehand that we would do good work so, and, and also the reason for our, our choosing or our election in the body of Christ is so that we can be holy, we can give glory to God we're supposed to be instruments of praise and glory to God on this earth and we need to understand what our role and purpose is as, as believers, as Christians we're not here just to sit in a pew and not make an impact on on the world that that is around us or the people that are near us. We have to find out what it is that God wants us to do in the time and space that we have on this earth, which is not very long. Not even if we live a hundred years. What is that compared to eternity? Not nothing at all. So Paul is being unequivocally clear in that justification can never come by the works of the law because The law is what amplifies, once again, and magnifies and brings to light our sinful nature. And what it should do is when we see the law and we see all the commands that the law contains and how we are incapable of keeping that law, that should cause us to cry out to God and says, I can't do this. How do I get delivered? Well, there's a wonderful answer the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the fulfillment of the law so when you trust in his work then like I said you have fulfilled the law not by yourself but you fulfilled the law because you're now in him he gives you the fulfilling of the law ability okay so that's all I wanted to say in regards to Romans chapter 3 and the um, idea that we're justified by faith apart from the works of the law which gives us license to serve God it gives us license to be holy it does not give us license to sin and by no means and this is very important that you understand is by no means does our unrighteousness give glory to God and so the idea that the people had in Paul's day that they're they're bad was was a good thing Is is a deception And so we never give glory to God By doing what's wrong We give glory to God By doing what he has commanded us to do This is Brother Dale of Gospel Repentance Ministries God bless you for listening Until next time